0: boys and girls cats and dogs of all ages and welcome to a brand new podcast now i've never done these kind of things before so this is a, a bit of a, a first episode thingy as i like to call it and uh, what do i do on these podcasts well i talk to musicians so this is the first edition of festival meets and who am i meeting today well this little uh, drum set behind me gives you a bit of a clue the unresolved but who is one of the main people behind the unresolved his name adam Gostick. Let's give Adam a round of applause as he enters the stage. How are you, Adam? I'm all right, a little bit weird coming onto a stage where one person is clapping and no one else is in the room. (laughs) Well, I'm sure they're all clapping at home. That's the main thing. I'm sure they are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Adam, um, we've known each other probably two years? Some two, three years, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And uh, I've only just eventually got your name right. (laughs) Just just today, yeah. Uh, Today, yeah, (laughs) after three years or so. the, what I do on the radio is I talk to musicians and I ask them all about how their career has been up to this point and what they have in the near future. But we're in the podcast. We're going to go a little bit further back. We're going to go back to the time that you were filling nappies with whiff juice. So um, one of the first questions I'm going to ask you, Adam, is where was you born and what school did you go to? Let's start right from the beginning. I was born in Coventry in... Well, it's
1: University Hospital now, but the original like hospital. Yeah, yeah, Wallsgrove. I went to school at Saint Augustine's Primary and then Cardinal Newman Catholic.
0: Okay, Saint Augustine's. Uh, I did a bit of rehearsals there with and stuff, but also mm-hmm. they got the uh, the keep fit business. Squash and all that, yeah, yeah, yeah right next the door, the, yeah. the big sports hall place, yeah. I think it's still there, um, it is, yeah. <laughs> I joined the squash team for um about a month and I realized it was useless, so I didn't bother. Um, so yeah, you went there and they went to Cardinal Newman, that is. And uh, how long were you there at Cardinal Newman? What yeah, years that would that'd be five years 2005 2010. Trying to make me feel old, so I left 10 years ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've been working 10 years by that point, but anyway, <laughs> um, what was your favorite classes? Oh, I quite liked art but
1: to be fair they were kind of dos lessons really i wasn't yeah. in actually into
0: the music sort of side of it in school mm. so i found that after leaving did you do, did you enjoy the music classes at school but obviously you were be uh,
1: they they were also kind of dos lessons everyone liked them because you didn't really do anything in them and what instrument did you like playing when you was in the classes uh, we did like a a keyboard thing for a while but it was more a group effort thing where they broke down a piece of music, one person starts and you move to the other side yeah. and then eventually you're all playing the same piece okay. for your bits that made one piece of music. It's kinda of like an orchestral kind of thing. Yeah. yeah and it was classic. I liked it. it was but I was, it was still cool. I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna be a
0: musician when I'm no. older. <laughs> no, I mean I was brilliant on the triangle. <laughs> which is fabulous. Percussion. I was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> percussion. Yeah, thank you. So he knows all this business, <laughs> I triangle to me, percussion to him. Um, so where, so you left school. What did you want to do when you left school? I had no idea at all. <laughs> um,
1: I went to college yeah. mainly because we got told you either go to sixth form or college mm. and they are your options. Yeah. So It's not you leave school and can go and get a job. It's like I've got to go and do more learning somewhere else mm. for something I don't know if I want to do with my life. Yeah. So
0: I didn't really know where I was going. To me, I just left school and went straight into engineering. So that's why <laughs> well, I, I yeah. took the wrong step. I went into carpentry in college and lasted about a month
1: decided I didn't like it mm. so I traded courses for paint and decorating okay I've never done anything with
0: it I could tell oh uh, yeah so I didn't do this place <laughs> 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 so I mean uh, you you I mean your job now is something that you enjoy it is um obviously over the pandemic re, you know you have not really been able to do the job you have but you have had to then cancel things you're not to how I would like to do it yeah yeah which is a shame. But we'll get to that a little bit later so when did you first start Getting the idea, I want to be a musician. Uh, so I started listening to music more mm. when I was in school,
1: and that was down to Guitar Hero yeah. on Xbox.
2: Crikey. Remember
1: yeah. the, you remember that? Th- I got into Guitar Hero later than everyone else as well. Everyone was playing Guitar Hero World Tour, I think it was. I was still playing yeah. the third game in
2: <laughs> and was with just
1: a normal controller. I wasn't very good with that. Uh, <laughs> I got the guitar, it was okay, uh, but my mate had the drums Mm. on it and i was i was good at that Mm. and i discovered uh, metallica through that because they made a whole game based on them and i could play the drums but Mm. i never even thought i want to do this yeah it wasn't until i left school the year i left school that summer i went to a youth club and they had a music room down there and because i'd gotten into metallica and i got a dvd which had just a drum cam
2: yeah
1: which uh, there's gonna be a lot of people watching this that are gonna bash on me for wanting to play drums, because I watched Metallica play drums, who is renowned for being the worst drum in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched that and I learned to play Sad but True, having never played the drums before.
0: And, I mean, you've started playing drums because of watching Metallica. I mean, you, yeah. I know uh, we've had a discussion that rock isn't your, your main... Because you also like the likes of rap and stuff. I like everything. Yeah. There's yeah. always you've something. To, you've got to be in the mood of you. So, you can, if, for instance, if you've if you're got your earpieces in, you're having a jog, um, and one day you'll have rocking. okay? Is that your go-to rock, or, or would you... Some,
1: sometimes, main, yeah, mainly I'd say more often. Rock is my main go-to. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it can change
1: it within like five minutes. I could start off mm. with rock and then go. I'm gonna listen to some rap now. Yeah. Because they're pretty much in the same vein. It's all attitude against the system that we don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And it just it meets your personality more than anything to me.
0: So Metallica is one of the bands that you kind of looked at and thought, oh, "I want to be a drummer." But is it that drummer that you looked at that you thought, oh, "I want to be that"? Or was there a drummer out there that you thought, uh, "Wow"?
1: At first, it was that. Yeah. Main mainly to I didn't really go out and search for music for a mm. long time. I wasn't musically minded, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, so I was ignorant and just kept to what I knew. Yeah. So for a long time it was Metallica. Yeah. And then eventually a couple of other bands sort of stepped in here and there. But for a long time I had such a small range of music
2: mm. and it mm.
1: grew over time.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's it's got pretty big now. <laughs> There's yeah.
0: a lot of people I'll mention a band and they're like, who's that? <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's what it is. Have you, did you have uh, an all-time favorite drummer uh, too? And, and is it still your all-time favorite? Or is there a drummer now that you're thinking, wow, how does he do that? Uh, they, they change a lot, mm. but there's always like, about two that
1: have always sort of been, they're always gonna be sort of the top. Yeah. Because they drum, a lot of my drumming has come from there. That's like Nico at Rain from Iron Maiden. and Dave McLean from Machine Head. A lot of my drumming you can't tell that I'm completely influenced by them too because yeah. they're so different from each other. Mm. But yeah. they are the main sort of source that I'd go to.
0: And who's the worst drummer?
1: The, the, the <laughs> I'd probably agree to a sense that it is Lars Ulrich from Metallica to be fair. Mm. And that's just in a live sense, is because he's either playing catch up or he's dragging behind. He's never in time with anyone.
0: Yeah, but and I still like him, so I don't care. That's, that's <laughs> the main thing. And, and, and if you if you're there watching them live, which I'm sure you have watched them live, um, can you sp- can you hear this? Can you spot this? Or are you too busy? Uh,
1: sometimes there's been a couple of times. Uh, I saw him in 2014 at Sonosphere. Yeah, and there was a definite time where the rest of the band shortened down part of their riff yeah. because he came in too early or something and it was very noticeable to me Mm -hmm. they they did it the week before as well when they played Glastonbury yeah which was pretty bad set list to be fair (laughs) they didn't play great that night I remember
0: watching Glastonbury and I thought there was a uh, there was a problem with the sound yeah they they didn't sound good that night the sound didn't help them but Mm. they weren't on point either so
1: speaking of um, drumming when did you get your first drums a long time after I started playing drums. <laughs> really, I mean, I, like, I played drums for about three or four years, having no drum kit at all, yeah. and then I got an electric drum kit. I didn't get my first acoustic until maybe five or six years ago from now. It was really? like, yeah, not long ago. And like we're sitting here now, my first acoustic drum kit is in the other room for sale. <laughs> so so it's for so sale, if The, the, is the kit interested. that we've got here is actually only my second acoustic drum kit. Yeah, but and
0: uh, and. If you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. How much did this cost? Uh, this was in the range of
1: 700 and a bit more.
0: Yeah. Okay. See, I, was, I, know, I don't know how much drum kits... It depends kits on what
1: you're looking for. Entry-level kits, like smaller ones, or or well, not smaller ones, but just not as good quality mm. wood. I mean, for You instance, can get for like 200 plus.
0: When you look at one that Mick Fleetwood plays,
1: there you is quite a hefty...
0: talking thousands. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh. Like the uh, next one on from this would be in the thousands.
0: Yeah yeah,
1: if it was the like, same brand.
0: And what about putting the,
1: um, the logo on? That just depends on what company you go to. Like I went to a fairly smaller company, so mm. that only cost me about 100 quid. Oh. But there's others that are probably better quality for whatever reason they yeah. try to advertise that they're better quality, <laughs> and they'll charge a lot
0: more. So before you got the, the set of drums, mm-hmm. um, what did you do at home? Did you just hit bottles and... and Ta- yeah, tap. And tap things. Tap, you'd tap your legs, you tap your feet. And did you constantly listen to drumming and kind of try and get... Uh, anything them?
1: with a beat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just constantly a ticking noise in your head <laughs> of a click track or counting yeah. to four all the time. But you can't go anywhere past four because drummers don't know how to do that, apparently. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but apart, yeah, just tap.
0: apart from drumming, other instruments... What other instruments do you do? You uh, have a little tinkle uh, I tinker around on guitar and bass
1: every so often. Yeah, uh, I like the idea of being able to sing, but I'm not that great at it. Mm. Some people say I can. So no, I don't believe them. Yeah. I think uh, I've seen
0: you once with a guitar in hand.
1: Yeah, I can, t- I can tinker around on guitar. But I can only really play other people's stuff. I can't yeah. write a song on guitar because I just don't know the theory of it yeah. and never been able to. Uh, I played viol- violin for a while in primary school, but oh. that was...
0: I don't know what that was going through my head then, <laughs> but I did. I like bad. violins. I like violin. I love violins. So, speaking as a, as a, as a person who loves music, uh, and as somebody yourself who's very passionate with music as well, uh, being a drummer and multi instrumentalist, that's what we'll say. Uh, you're a singer as well? No. No,
1: you're not. You <laughs> no, do no, back no, people vocals, say do you? I can
0: sing. No, I've done. The, 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 my voice is on some of our recordings. Yeah. Yeah. But. No, I'm not, I'm not a singer. <laughs> I, I don't do it live. <laughs> so we can see here that you're part of a band called The Unresolved, which might I had I saw a few years ago, 2018, I believe, yeah. at, at the Godiva Festival. And um, I wasn't really into heavy kind of rock music, so to speak. Yeah. And I walked past this, the this stage and I walked straight into the blue tent and there you were doing your thing and I recorded you doing recorded the song. You did. Of course, you had a different uh, lead singer then, um, but it was fantastic. And straight away put it on YouTube and I thought, wow, I've got to know these guys. And eventually I did. got to know you. So the Unresolved have been a band for how long? Uh, five years now. Five years. And are you uh, the f- a founder of the band? Uh, yeah, I am. You are? Yeah. yeah. Me
1: and Darren, the guitarist. Yeah. There's two founding members.
0: And of course, uh, Nick as well also. Nick,
1: was, was, yeah, and we've uh, since replaced Nick as well. He's yeah. oh, left hi. the band uh, this year. Uh, that was... Mm, in the first lockdown, so around yeah. June sort of time,
0: okay. I didn't he know was
1: that. out, and we now have Matt, who's also in Boss Madra.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, Boss Madra, know those, um, but uh, but uh, all the best, Nick, wherever you are. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, there's been so much going on, obviously. So yeah, yeah, e, it happens. But you've just brought a new single out as well. We have. Um, within the last month. Uh, so. November we released it, yeah. Yeah, and um, and how's that doing? It's done quite well, to be fair, it's... Uh,
1: it's done a few things that none of our other songs have done. Yeah. So a few record, um, not record labels, uh, radio stations that we've not been played on before. Okay. Uh, we got sent over to Australia. Okay. Uh, which a couple of our last tracks did, and they they did like a a daily top mm. number of tracks, and we was always sort of number five, number three. This one went to number one straight away. Oh which wow. Which was like whoa. Well, okay. Wow. <laughs> Although we're pretty sure that. No one has ever heard of this radio station, <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> but who cares it's like
0: uh, it's a bragging right, isn't it? Where isn't a born in Australia? Got Ashboard <laughs> and all that business. Um, but you've been played on a few of the BBC channels, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. always on introducing every time we release a single, yeah. They're yeah. quite good to us. Shout out to Brody. Um, and uh, of course, when I was part of Hills, we played you there, you um, did. and uh, I'll, I'll we'll get to play on Radio Abbey. Sorry, <laughs> um. I've only been there a short period. Of time. Now, uh, who was you with? Were you with a band before the end result? Oh, I've been in a few bands over the years. Uh, my first band was
1: uh, uh, emo metalcore band called uh, December Days, which was <laughs> you had to think then, that didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's like just it was more. I remember the name
0: and went that didn't mean anything. Yeah, <laughs> it was just oh, an iteration.
1: That was it. December Days. December Days.
0: Was too. you about? Did you uh, create the band in December? No. Oh, okay. No, it was summer. <laughs> <So there laughs> go. Go. No so idea why it cool. was called that
1: at all. I think it was literally just alliteration.
0: Uh, and, and after December days, how long was did they last for?
1: Not long. Uh, pr- I was probably with them for two or three months, and that yeah. was it. They, we played two gigs. Mm-hmm. Uh that, that uh, two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve that was, I think. Yeah. Good year. Good year. A while ago. But After uh, I got removed from that band Uh, on on the same day that I was going to leave that band, which was amazing.
0: (laughs) Right, out, you go, you're in.
1: It was more they wanted to record somewhere where I didn't want to. I wanted Mm. to record where we were. Okay. But, yeah, kids. Kids, (laughs) indeed. argue. (laughs) So after December Days, you've set Uh, out of there and gone straight
0: into... I wasn't in a band for a long time after that. Uh, Was this lucky confidence knock then?
1: No no. no, no, It's it was just, uh, I don't know, I just sort of wasn't in bands. I was going to gigs all the time. Mm. I mean, when I was 16 was probably my best memories of yeah. going to gigs in Coventry. It was the height, I think, for me, of the music scene in Coventry, really. yeah. Like, yeah. It was it was never uh, here in the Arches, though. It was mm. always like the Casbah, when they used to put on gigs all the time. Yeah. And I saw bands like Lipshock. Who made it? F- f- <laughs> you never heard of them, but they ma- by the time they <laughs> made, it f- fairly fucking quite far and just disappeared eventually. Yeah. But I, d- I didn't play in, in a band for ages, and I don't really know why. No. It wasn't until I got the, a message from Darren saying mm. that he wanted to make a band, which eventually became the Unresolved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was also in Slack Alice for Slack a Alice? few years. Know that name? Yeah. Yes, we was about for a while. We, yeah. Uh, we did quite well for mm. a time. Yeah. And yeah. that sort of fizzled.
0: It, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it's, I've, I've
1: been in a few bands, yeah. but not but many. This... Th- this was the main one that did something. Slack like yeah. Alice was, for a while, that was the one that was doing stuff, and then Unresolved. Yeah. After that fizzled
2: sort out, of moved over. Three!
3: Are you ready? Can I hear you?
0: December day, your yeah. very first performance. How did you feel? I mean, how big was the audience and how did you feel at the time? Uh, we played in the Casbah mm-hmm.
1: and wow. we was opening for a band called him mm-hmm. who were quite known on the metal scene then, and Kill Progression, who sound quite like Metallica. Yeah, That was their last gig. So it's quite a big crowd. I'd say there was upwards of 200 people there, mm. which like, for someone playing their first gig, is like, that's quite a big crowd. Uh I don't remember the feeling massively, to be honest. I've never been... Was you,
0: I mean, uh, was you nervous before you went on? All the not, young, uh, butterflies. not the
1: way people talk about it usually. Mm. Uh, I, you always hear people saying that if I'm nervous before a show something's wrong. Yeah. But I've, I've never sort of felt that like scared kind of nervous where yeah, you're yeah. uncomfortable. Just kind of, I want to get
0: on stage now. Uh, more anticipation than yeah. nerves, I think. And how long was the set? 20, 30, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Um, okay, so from December days, you've gone from December days into The Unresolved, and mm-hmm. it's still going strong today, uh, being number one in Australia. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> now um, that's the selling point, you see. Now, The Unresolved, what's the best audience you performed in front of? As in, what's the best audience, but also the biggest audience, the one where you more than likely did feel a little bit nervous about performing uh, in front of?
1: There's two I can think of. Yeah. One being a Festival. first of all. Yeah was uh, a good crowd in there. That was. Yeah. Uh, it was odd because Andrew, our singer at the time, he yeah. he was nervous yeah. most of the time we were backstage. Mm. It was all having a laugh and it was fun, but he, he was nervous. It didn't sort of get to me until about 10 minutes before we went on. Yeah. Where I was realising, okay, we've sound checked. It sounded mm-hmm. bigger than it's ever sounded before.
0: Yeah. And it like Even just amazing.
1: smacking on the bass drum. Yeah. And you can hear the vibration come back to you from the other side of the tent, which is miles away.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: It, yeah, it started to hit then, mm. but once I got up, that that was fine, because it, it felt like we was going to play to no one. Because yeah. when we got announced onto the stage, there was no one there. <laughs> it was about halfway through the first song that we sort of looked up and it was a full tent. Yeah, it was that was strange. <laughs> The other one was the last gig we played before lockdown, okay. Which was uh, in Wales at the Patriot, mm. which is a it's a small sort of social club, biker, yeah, rock club, and they don't charge on the door at most of their gigs. It's like okay. it's sort of free entry, yeah. But they get real top bands from all coming around the UK, yeah. And they have uh, a motorcycle club there, okay. so they're always going to come, yeah, yeah. And it was just full, like yeah. probably past legal fire capacity kind of full. (laughs) And
0: even though it was just a small place and I've played tons of small places, it was just like, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I mean, I I could just imagine how it must feel to be on stage. And I mean, I do acting, but it's completely different to being a musician and having people sing along to your music as well, which I'm sure you had from your your, your fans out there. Um, Now, speaking of the unresolved, you had an experience about three years ago, I think it was. Uh, where you went to, um, kind of, as a warm-up act? No, are you going to say you now? I know where, <laughs> oh, no, where you're you going now. Oh, yeah. For an artist who really wasn't an artist. Yeah. So uh, to explain, uh, he, he was an artist, yeah. just a, he, not the art he was claiming to be. <laughs> so I would like you to explain to our. So to we was one of the bands <laughs> that
1: played with the infamous Threaten. Threaten, who was from America, and decided that he wanted to tour Europe, having no band and. Not really being an artist, He released a couple of songs. They recorded all on his own. Mm-hmm. And production quality was good. But yeah. then he decided to make a fake record label, a fake booking agent, a fake touring manager, and start contacting venues, which he then actually paid their room hires and went and did a tour mm-hmm. with no fan base, no. <laughs> no advertisement, no actual ticket sales. I think, I think the gig we played was the last one he did on the mm-hmm. entire tour before he got found out. And it was the one with the most crowd in it, because we brought eleven people. <laughs> <laughs> so we played to eleven of our like friends and family, and one of the guy who decided to turn up on the night. <laughs> and that was it. it was just... But well, it yeah. went around the world. That new story did. Yeah. Everyone knows about it now.
0: Yeah. And uh, was it London we played? I can't remember. Yeah, the
1: Underworld in Camden. Yeah. That was yeah. his first show. They yeah. outed him, and then he continued his tour until he got to Birmingham when we played with him.
0: Birmingham. Yeah. And then it was kind of like um, that oh, was not yeah more, yeah oh dear oh dear well one experience it, it well. was
1: more an experience because uh Camden put up a post out in him mm. and I saw it when I left the venue after yeah. playing it like in the car on the way back and I screenshotted it mm. and noticed that the underworld took the post down yeah so. I put it up <laughs> <laughs> and it got shared by like Kerrang and and everyone, it it just went, it was like a viral post and it just, the news story went massive after did that. It you
0: did, know, I mean, I remember that, yeah. And then I think
1: we had a screenshot of us playing Godiva and yeah. it was like unresolved with our real fans and I think it was put on NME or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> We're going to get known for someone else being a knob (laughs) really
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit surreal it was was weird
1: yeah the phone calls I had because I remember I came in on Hills FM and spoke to you about it and my phone was ringing in my pocket Mm. when I was on the show (laughs) I was like I'll get back to him and I got back to him afterwards and it was the producer of Judge Rinder from ITV2 I've got him on Facebook now I'm like makes me them.
0: But I'm friends with him as well. <laughs> yeah. But it was like Judge Winder, like, Yeah.
1: Are you going to get this guy from America to come over? Eh, and we're going to sue him, on TV <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. But what it was a, a weird thing. It was a weird thing to get called because mm. it's it's reality TV.
0: It's not like real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's real. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but they wanted to do something with about it. It's yeah. 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 I actually got called up uh, for something, and um, I was like, well, I have not got anything to go in there with. Um, but, uh, but hey, that'd have been good. You, you guys it are threatened. He went and he went, did a second one, didn't he threaten? Yeah, he the came back the, the, after the underworld
1: was the first ones to out him for what he did. Yeah. And they were clearly quite angry about it. Mm. They then booked him again. Yeah. Exactly a year to the day yeah, from the previous and year. Things. And yeah, he came back with mannequins. Very strange. Uh, it's still like they thought that, oh, we'll just, it's become an internet meme, yeah. so we'll we'll get some people to come because of the meme and it wasn't it was like people from press taking yeah. photos and filming. And he had these mannequins that he held the
0: microphone to and didn't sing a note no but no weird but he did have actually it did actually have people there that's the strange thing the second time around I think it was just more out like of fascination more than anything else I've lost
3: control
0: Yeah, so Threaten is, I mean, where is he now? Um, Los Angeles. <laughs>
1: that's where he lives. But yeah, he
0: might be back again next
1: this year. Who, who knows? Knows, I've, I've, no one's heard anything since he did that mm. return show because yeah. it flopped and he yeah. didn't get much publicity and it didn't
0: become a meme that time. So no. Don't, don't know. It, it is what it is. What it, is. Yeah. it is what it is. He's out there. He's got somewhere. Um, but we're more in, interested now in the end result. Okay. Now, uh I mentioned earlier, you know, how long the Unresolved's been a band. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what you were talking. So, but w- were you called something before the Unresolved? Uh for a, p-
1: a long time, 6 7 months, we just played yeah. like, rehearsing. We was only doing covers. We didn't have a name at all because yeah. we didn't know where we were going with it. Mm-hmm. Um we randomly got a gig. Yeah. It was probably one of the last ones at the Roadhouse, okay. the old diplomat. Mm-hmm. Uh it was a covers gig, so we decided well we need a name. Yeah, to be able to play a gig, so we went with like M5N, which is short for Nine Five Nasty. It's a song by Wasp, yeah, which is a heavy influence on the Unresolved, and it was Darren's previous band as well. He had a cover band called Nine Five Nasty, so we just went out as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, as a couple more gigs maybe came in, we decided we need a natural name. Yeah. So we got a name.
0: <laughs> and who's it? Who came out with the name?
1: Uh, it was. Kind of all of us, we f- spent two or three weeks just in our group chat. Yeah. This name, that name, this name. No one ever settled on mm. this name. We couldn't think of a name, so we left it unresolved. <laughs> and and then we went. Oh yeah. <laughs> so not a big story really yeah, yeah. <laughs> about how we got our name. It's, just, it's a good rock we, name. We yeah, we came up with a decent rock name by yeah. not being able to decide what the rock name should be. <laughs> And and the symbol,
0: where did you get this? The the triangle, I
1: I designed the triangle. Nice. Uh, Mainly just the impossible triangle, Mm -hmm. because the impossible triangle is usually just the outer triangle, but I sort of made it into a couple. Yeah. And because it's unsolvable, unresolved, same thing. And it's it's mathematical, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice.
0: Uh, what the question, (laughs) yes (laughs) now uh, I'm going to hand you something and I'm going to ask you a question got some uh, broken drumsticks here Uh, my question is can you use them as chopsticks, and how long it takes for you to use one of those before it breaks as well Uh, and uh, and the duck will be squeaking and you're not allowed to smile or or even laugh they could come in at any time (laughs) That That's difficult,
1: yeah. because I already want to.
0: <laughs> there you go. Failed. <laughs> so uh, so, can you use those as chopsticks? I probably could. Yeah? Do you want me to? Yeah, yeah no, why not? I pretend there's a bowl of rice. To, I can't actually use
1: use chopsticks. So imagine you've got I, a bit of rice there. I don't. So bit I of can't. <laughs> <laughs> but you could. <laughs> so that's a no from me. No. no.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. How how long does it take for you're know, drumming away before you break a stick? Uh, depends on the stick. Yeah. Uh, these that's ones in particular, like these
1: are mine that have my name all over it. Yeah. So these are custom ones that I've made. These this actual stick that is broken is the first one. Yeah. That I've ever broke. Is it? And I've had these for over a year. Yeah. That's the only one I've broke the mm. whole time.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I've got them to the point where they're nearly done it, but that's the only one I've snapped. Oh, is it? So that. Particular one is over a year. Yeah. Uh, other brands like Vic Firth—that's the most common brand. Okay. I, I can go through. I can buy them and yeah. go through it on the same day.
0: Ah. So it depends. There you go. He did. He, <laughs> he got past the the dog there. He got
1: past like, the uh, go. I'll just break them quick. <laughs> uh, there's another brand called Ahead. Yeah. Carbon fiber sticks. You get plastic sleeves. Mm-hmm. They're usually advertised as unbreakable. Yeah. I've broke two pairs of them. Yeah. It's not. I'm not a hard hitter. I just reckon I'm. Probably got bad technique. To be fair, yeah. But yeah, it depends. You can do it in a week. You can do Have it. Have you got any glow sticks? I don't. Because I've seen drummers. With yeah, glow sticks. I don't. Uh, George from New Karma. Yeah, yeah. He's used glow sticks hmm. before. I've never used them. Uh, I thought about it for a while. Yeah.
0: Just because, oh, that's cool. I
1: think so. <laughs> I think, I think uh, you need to get some I think closets. they break quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of hard-hitting drummers go through them. But
0: just use them on a, on a, on a, a song there that's not very hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've we've spoken about drumsticks. We've spoken about you, drummer. Um, guess what we've got right here. A drum kit, yeah. Yeah. My drum kit. <laughs> I think it would be nice to, uh, to give the people at home um, a little view of exactly what you do as a drummer. You can give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> and they can ch- kind of guess... What are you going to play as well? Are you going to play something your own material or maybe a cover? What would you rather? I, mean, I think a cover, because then um, it's got to be a cover. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll what leave cover? it entirely up to yeah. you. Okay, that's. And then I can do that then. Sounds home. What it is? I can do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Over to you. Over to you. Take the seat. Take the sticks. <laughs> I've got no idea what that was, personally. I'm yeah, not gonna
1: lie. That was Metalingus by Alterbridge. Oh, For huh? Edge for WWE fans. Yes,
0: Edge, of course. Who made a return about this time last year? The it, it, was, it was January, Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I watched as it recently again. <laughs> 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 I got
1: bored. I watched Royal Rumble. Watched well. people scream at Edge again.
0: Who's it gonna be? He's
2: thinking
3: of me. No, no way. You got to be kidding me. The Rated-R Superstar, Edge is here.
0: Although you are, of course, a fantastic drummer, as come we've right, just seen, all right, uh, and with a great band, uh, number one in Australia, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're also very much involved in the building that, I, that we're currently sitting in. That's the Arches venue, um, based in... Uh, Is kind of Sponend. It's end. Yeah, yeah. Um Explain to the people how you got involved in the Arches, but also really how things are going at the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get into it at the moment yeah, in a bit. Yeah. But
1: I've been involved in the Arches for... A long time to be honest, uh, even before it closed down the first time yeah. and changed owner. I was involved then, I was doing posters mm. for the Arch, some of the Arches gigs, but mainly like with Fargo Promotions, the yeah. original gigs, all the tribute bands, and that it was sorted in house. Uh, but I was always here mm. helping her out. I did a bit of the drum teching as well, so yeah. if someone hit a cymbal and it went. Yeah, I run on stage and. I oh, you were one of those. Yeah, <laughs> I was one of them guys. Yeah. <laughs> Very important <laughs> people. I'll, I'll, I'll be you. there with a beer in my hand, watching the show, and then suddenly I'll hold that. I've got to run and <laughs> fix a symbol. So you've done a but lot here. Yeah, really? yeah. I've, I've been involved here for it's got to be like three years sort yeah. of now. At first, I ever even really came here when I was in college, mm. and that was to play snooker. Probably like a uh, tutor. He did like this team bonding thing in half term we all came and played snooker i didn't know the place existed mm. definitely didn't know there was music here yeah i came a couple of times to see like metallica root bands and stuff yeah. like that uh but it wasn't until i was in slack alice that mm-hmm. i came here for regular sort of gigs yeah so i played my first gig here with them and i kind of just never left mm. we constantly got gigs here fell tribute yeah, yeah yeah it was it was good uh, like there was the odd gig that wasn't as good as others and stuff like that mm. but it you was You get that everywhere, don't y- you? yeah you get yeah. that everywhere but it was that venue where it just automatically thought if this did really well mm. it would be the place yeah because since i when i said that i used to go to casbah when i was 16 that was the place yeah for me and people went to the dog and trumpet and all kinds of places mm. but most of my good gigs were in there yeah yeah and and uh, when i came back to the music scene it didn't do gigs anymore, really. Yeah. There's yeah.
0: rarely a gig, and, uh, and mm. so it needs that place. And yeah. this should be it, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's people like yourself and Chris, yeah, yeah, uh, and other people behind the people behind the scenes who um, were who trying their best and their hardest to keep this going, yeah. Because uh, we, we had the open mics on this very stage, and, and we had performers coming in and performing week in, week out, and they enjoyed themselves. You know, and they, they actually really, really liked it here, which, you know, shouldn't be a surprise because it is a nice place to perform. It's got great acoustics, um, and uh, Harvey up on the, over there. But, uh, but the Arches venue's been here a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's got to continue going uh, with, with the power and the strength of the, the music side of things, as well as the, the elements of certain other things. But how are things at the moment? Not great. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're closed. So, yeah.
1: so well, obviously, no one's had a good twenty twenty. Mm. Like we all got forced to close for a long period of time. Yeah, but we were like one of the only music venues that were open at one point.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, I think from here to Birmingham, yeah. we was the only one, like music venue that's licensed to put on music. Is the way I say that because yeah. there were places putting on mm-hmm. bands. I won't name <laughs> certain <laughs> venues that did it, but they wasn't licensed to put on yeah. music. They're yeah. not a music venue. They were a pub that put on music occasionally. Yeah. So, licensed music venues, we were, for a time, mm. for the only one from here to Birmingham that was open. Yeah. I know the the Rialto, they advertised as being the only one, but yeah. Yeah. we was already open for about four weeks before they were. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> not to, ooh, we're better than you, no, none no, of no, 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 no. that. Just, we love you. But we were, it we was, it yeah. was open for a time. And no one else could yeah. no it was rooms. all sat closed hoping to get a cultural recovery fund mm. that we wasn't eligible for in the first place yeah so we had to open if we could yeah we didn't have an option they, they i would like the venues got a fund mm. that's that's great because they don't close now or yeah. they need another fund but we didn't have that option anyway
0: and with and with a recent predicament shall we say that's out there uh, as we begin 2021 um, with the possibility of hearing this week whether it happens by the time you've watched this or not if we're going into lockdown or not uh, how can you how do you think this is going to go let's say you know, we're at January the 4th now let's say March the 4th and we're still closed what what happens then it's the hope isn't it like, yeah. I, you
1: hold on to hope that you can mm. but realistic thinking I don't think we're going to be open in March yeah yeah personally mm. like, owner chris is not going to want to hear that from yes, me sorry chris unfortunately that that is my my role in this place now is mainly Talking to Chris and saying yeah. realistic things that we don't want to hear, but mm. you need to yeah. prepare for that outcome. Like I don't see us being open by match. No. No. Unfortunately. Uh Ho- hopefully 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 we are. Got yeah, that positive hopefully, no, I, I have I've looked there's gigs like booked that yeah. one should have just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, two more that should have happened this week. Yeah. Me being one of them. Yeah. Unresolve <laughs> was supposed to play this Saturday. Well I did then, yeah. But but Unresolve bu- yeah. play this Saturday. Uh, Danny Ansell the mm. day before. Uh I'm moving them. Uh I've already moved one into March. Yeah. In hopes. Mm. But it's likely it probably won't
0: happen that way. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. That's what it have got to be. And let's hope that the artist venue continues uh, bringing music to the people who uh, who are passionate about that's, music. That's always a plan. Like, if door. we can, we always will. Yeah. Because yeah. this place can't go anywhere. If
1: anyone else took this place on, it would not be a music venue.
0: And I feel, I feel obviously for yourself and Chris, because Chris, it's you know, he's, he, This is his baby. He's he's only really just opened it, and then yeah, two months, and then boom, was this happened.
1: Two months, January and February.
0: Yeah.
1: And a little bit of March.
0: Yeah.
1: So and then phase. it was close the door. I can't. What date was it that we went into the first lockdown? Like 23rd of March or something? Yeah. And yeah, then that was it. Oh, Oh, well, we'll, it'll be all right for a couple of months. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) It's just like, here we are approaching the next March. Yeah. And we're still in the same place. Yeah, I mean, you had that little
0: spell in the middle, like you say. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we was open for For 10 weeks. Yeah.
1: And we had some good shows happen. Yeah. There was a few sellouts and ones that were booked in for Mm. November that was already sellouts as well. The ones that are still trying to find a date where it can happen. Yeah, I mean, the one but that pops
0: into head obviously, is with Matt Cattell. Matt Cattell also was a fantastic... A local very musician. good night. Yeah. Uh, packed out to the point that he could be packed out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's the artist's venue, and that's like many other venues up and down the country. Yeah, everyone um, is in the same boat. So let's hope that this turns around and uh, we get the music back on this stage. So, uh, so Adam... How, where do you see yourself oh, in, the, in the near future? Oh, I hate this question. I mean, the <laughs> Unresolved, number one in Australia, the <laughs> Unresolved, <laughs> played on the BBC introducing, um, can, where, where would you like the Unresolved to be, Being realistically? Where would you, I mean, you know, we're not talking like Metallica uh, here. No, we're no, no. I've never seen us sc- yeah. ever get into that kind of
1: size anyway. Like, I think if we, could were, do. if we were going to get to that sort of size, I think something relatively massive would yeah. have happened already. That's just my way of thinking about things. Uh, five years, in, if we're still sort of going the certain way we are. Definitely, I can say we'll have an album out by then. Yeah. Because, ooh, we're already doing one. Mm. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> but the, that's what I'm doing this Saturday, mm. actually. Instead of doing the gig, I'm recording drums. Yeah. And we're we're starting an album. So we'll have an album out, maybe two, mm. by mm. then. Hopefully, we are a bit bigger. Yeah. And doing some bigger shows. Get you on that main Maybe stage diver. That'd be nice,
0: wouldn't it? It would be nice to do main yeah. stage diver.
1: I've always personally said that I would rather just get a higher slot in the tent. Yeah. But that's just my personal preference on the sound. Mm-hmm. I always think that the sound of the tent just yeah. sounds better. Yeah. But that's indoors, outdoors, open air. That's just my personal preference. I've, uh, it'd be nice to play some good festivals. Mm. Do a tour. But nice for any festival, really. Yeah, it, it? yeah, it'd be nice for them to come back. But five years for band boys, yeah. Do a tour. Yeah. That'd be cool. And would you? I mean, would you like
0: to play Reading Festival?
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to play
0: Download Festival, but
1: that's download. that's what everyone says. But <laughs> being realistic again, Download is achievable
0: because
1: mm. I've got friends that have played Download.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll just keep I mean, on rolling.
0: I mean, Dave Grohl always talks about Foo Fighters, and then being in a band, uh, Nirvana, of course. Yeah. And I think he said there was a band called Mud Honey. I might be wrong, but I think they were called Mud Honey. And he said to this, this band, Mudhoney, he said, how did you guys get to perform in front of such a big audience? Because Dave Gold was fairly new at the time. He was the drummer. Of the and he was like, how did you guys get to... And the Mudhoney said, you know, we just went out there and did our thing. We put our name out there. And they were really pretty much unknown at the time. And Nirvana were the up-and-coming band. But they were below... Um, but honey, when it came to the main stages, and Dave Gold always talks about it, if you've seen him at Reading Festival, he yeah. brings it out. The
4: first time I ever came here, I'll tell you a little story. So I grew up in Virginia, right outside of Washington D.C. I played in a punk rock band. We played in little clubs and squats, and we toured, and we. Starved and it was really really fun. And then one day this friend of mine says Hey You ever heard of that band Nirvana? I'm like, yeah, I've heard of that band Nirvana. He said well, they're looking for a drummer and they think you're pretty good. I said really? Yeah So I flew up to Seattle And they already had a drummer, this guy Danny, who's a great drummer. Danny was in a band called Mud Honey and they'd been over here and toured and played a bunch. So the first day I ever hung out with Chris and Kurt and all those guys, we were having a little barbecue. And I said to Danny, I said, I said, what's the biggest audience you've ever played to? And he said, uh 35, 000 people. I said, where the f-? mud honey played at 35,000 people. And he said, oh, this place called the Reading Festival. It's only about. about a year later. we had recorded the record Nevermind and we were coming over here to play some festivals. And I looked on my schedule and it said, Saturday, Reading Festival. I think we played at like two o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. But I'd never been so scared in my entire life that I had to play to 35,000 people. That was beyond my wildest dreams.
0: And it's like, well, if Mudhoney can do it, who weren't particularly well-known, I mean, I don't particularly know them now, but they're more known now than they were then. Um, Could the Resolved be the Mudhoney of the future? Yeah, it's a different world now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the way I the way I look at it, when, what
1: gigs you play, the good ones, yeah, it is a case of who you know sometimes, mm. and in some small horrible cases, it's a case of who you pay,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: but but that is it's it's a music industry, and that's how it works. If you pay for a booking agent, you'll get better gigs,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Which we did do mm. for a time. We're we're not currently because COVID, yeah. But at the start of twenty twenty, we had a booking agent, and yeah. we paid them when we played. I think our second gig in the year. We played the station in Canuck, but it was a Planet Rock associated gig. Yeah, And after that gig, we got invited to do Hard Rock Hell Spring Break in March, which is probably not going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got invited, and mm-hmm. other bands that are on there are like Evil Scarecrow, who are qu- pretty big, yeah. <laughs> and Kingdom, who were big in the 80s. But We're on the same line, but it's pretty cool. But yeah, it yeah. is down to we got a booking agent, and that booking agent knows someone who helps him, who works for Hard Rock Hell, and then suddenly... After yeah. we met him, we got an invite. It's, it's who you know sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I always put that down to it. If we know someone at some point that's booking for downloads, mm-hmm. hey. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I d I, I don't see it though, I just I just like to do better things, to keep yeah. on moving really.
0: Now not only are you the drummer, not only are the man that does the posters here and brings the bands in. He's a busy man. He's a busy man with a sock <laughs> on his head. But um, but the, <laughs> but the thing I want. By the way, have you have you c- c- coloured your beard? Have I coloured it? Yeah. No, no. It's oh, is that your original colour? Yeah, yeah. It's like, amazing. It's
1: very orange. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, amazing. It, it looks amazing. Like just, a two-piece. Piece. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but you. But what I was getting to is, you're also the the, the writer, the lyricist. Yeah, for some of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and have you written the the words to the newest track that you just released? Yeah, yeah I yeah. wrote
1: the "Come and Take It." Yeah, I yeah, wrote that one and a few of the newer ones that are coming.
0: Yeah, I yeah.
1: wrote them as well. Fantastic. I wrote about thirteen songs in the first lockdown. Looking for some. Yeah. <laughs> that it was mainly just I went on walks every day, headphones yeah. are in, and I'll hear one line and go, "Ooh."
0: And I'll sort of change the wording of that line. And mm. then I've got a song out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you write a song? Do you kind of begin it at the start or do you start kind of in the middle or at the end? Or uh. do, you, do they tell a story or is it kind of... They all, Yeah, they always have a topic. Yeah. Like,
1: uh, it sticks to that topic. Mm. But a lot of the times it is inspired from someone else. They've yeah. wrote something and they've got like one or two lines. Yeah. And I like the way it sounds. Yeah, yeah. And I can put either a different meaning to it or the same meaning but say it in a different way and I'll just somehow a song will come from that. It's not necessarily from the start mm. but it's it always starts with a melody. I have a phone full of recordings of yeah. me humming and <laughs> if anyone listens to them, <laughs> they're going to think I'm nuts. <laughs> but I don't want to hear these hums. Every single one of them, like Come and Take It's in there. There's a yeah. version of Come and Take It of me humming mm. just two lines of a melody
0: and I got an entire song from it. Home so. away. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing is, I mean, uh, um, when it comes to uh, writing music, how do, you, how do you fit the guitar and the drum? That's the bit I don't understand.
1: Yeah, see, a lot of people, they write, they'll have jams and they'll write a song musically, mm. as have always been lyrics first, just things that I've come up with at home and a melody. Yeah. And then we just sort of discuss what the song's about, mm. the kind of feeling I had in my head yeah. with the melody that I came up with in my head and we'll base the music around that kind of feel which we've always been able to just do yeah. we're quite good at jamming together the difficult part is always I've wrote lyrics to a song and I'm the drummer yeah, yeah. and we have a singer mm. who is a different person completely Like we are two individual human beings mm. his melody is going to be different
0: to mine it's going to always sound but it it works it works eventually well before we end I want to ask you 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 doing the albums coming ahead. Yeah uh, we are sh- recording the album. Uh are you, are you will you stick a song in there where you got a bit of rap in there maybe? A rock song with uh, a bit of rap. Right
1: I haven't played with that this time. Mm. Maybe in the future. Yeah. But probably not on this album.
0: Yeah.
1: It is yeah. it's uh, yeah. the, the feature It's going maybe? to be uh, <laughs> you're going to be able to hear what influences the band I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cuz it's that first album. It's mm. going to be not all. This is every sound is the unresolved. Yeah. You're going to hear maybe a song that sounds like ACDC at some point. Okay. Yeah, or yeah. maybe a song that sounds just that is Black Sabbath. Nice. But. It's all going to conjoin together to be what will you have a nice we are.
0: kind of slow kind Yes, of nice yeah era. we do have a ballad a ballad yeah. a ballad <laughs> uh, and the name of the album is it self-titled or it's not self-titled but I can't really yet. Yeah. oh you can't <laughs> I tried an ex- I tried uh, an exclusive. I can't I can't say that <laughs> yeah uh thank you Adam for uh, coming in Thanks and uh, having been me. the first one on my podcast, uh, for episode number one, January the fourth, the unresolved uh, uh, lyricist drummer, the uh, the man behind the artist venues posters and getting all the bands and everything in. And he's got a lovely orange beard. Um, the the wonderful Adam Gostick. So uh, thank you very much Cheers for being for part me. of it. Uh, as part of Festival Meets, um, who will it be next time? Who knows? Um, but you've just learned a bit of history behind this man and his his music idols, his music. Past and the possible futures. Ta-ta for now, and I'll see you next time.